What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins In-Depth Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. Uh, now, the Dolphins offseason workout program has officially come to a close uh, late last week. The Dolphins put a bow on two months of training, practices, conditioning with their three-day mandatory minicamp. We had a lot of interesting developments. Uh, we talked about some players not being there, uh, as well as, you know, some standout performances, some people uh, still not ready to get into full team activities. I'm going to give uh, my recap of mandatory minicamp and, you know, kind of put a bow on the offseason workout program. Uh, but we also got to get into some developments and evolving the Dolphins, not specifically, but kind of tangentially, uh, Dalvin Cook, South Florida native, Miami native, uh, being released late last week by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, There's mutual interest. But should the Dolphins be in the market for the four-time Pro Bowl? I'm going to get into that. But as I said, we're going to start with mandatory minicamp. I know last uh, week uh, when I recorded last week's podcast, uh, it was right after uh, the first day of mandatory minicamp. So we had a little bit to dive into. Uh, but now since then, we've had two more practices. Uh, we've spoken to Mike McDaniel, Tua Tagovailoa, um, as well as a slew of uh, position coaches, coordinators, as well as other players. So we got a lot to get into. Um, and I'm going to give my three takeaways from mandatory minicamp and really the offseason workout program. Number one, um, I'm very, very bullish on where the Dolphins are as it pertains to their number three wide receiver spot. Um, now, this is a position that is up for grabs. There's an open competition for targets and snaps behind Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And I left the five practices open to the media, very, very confident that the Dolphins can find uh, a replacement um, and maybe an upgrade. Um, from Trent Sherfield, as well as Mike Gusecki, who was a tight end, but was really kind of a big slot, kind of a uh, glorified wide receiver, so to speak. Um, it was really an interesting set of weeks and practices that were open to the media because uh, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, the, again, the team's two stud wide receivers, top targets, um, they rarely participated in team drills. Um, Tyree Kill did not take a snap. Um, as Mike McDaniel said, he was dealing with kind of a minor tweak or a minor uh, injury. And he said, you know, he, he's all fine. Tyreek Hill spoke last Friday and he said he, he's pretty much good. You know, he's just making sure that he's healthy and, uh, you know, getting the playbook down and getting the uh, camaraderie down with two and some of Aloha. Um, Jalen Waddle did participate in team drills, but definitely more limited than he was this time last year when the Dolphins were really uh, incorporating and really building this uh, this playbook and this offense in year one of Mike McDaniel. Um, so really, it was an opportunity for, like I said, those guys who are competing for the number three spot to step up, um, build that camaraderie with uh, Tua. And again, I left very, very, very impressed. You know, when I, I wrote a piece, uh, Stock Up, Stock Down piece um, last week that you can check out on the Herald's website. Um, and number one, in terms of player stock that's rising is Robbie Chosen, formerly um, Robbie Anderson and Chosen Anderson, now going by Robbie Chosen. And he said he wants to be uh, called Chosen when he's kind of spoken to. Um, I thought he was probably the most impressive wide receiver of all the Dolphins wide receivers, you know, Jalen Waddle included. Um, this was a really interesting late offseason pickup um, because we know um, what he's done with uh, the New York Jets with the Carolina Panthers, um, and then obviously uh, being traded to the um, Arizona Cardinals um, uh, later, late in the 2022 season, um, having kind of a down year. Um, but by all accounts, you know, the speed that made him, you know, 
get that big deal from the Carolina Panthers and has made him one of the better deep vets of the NFL, that's still there. I mean, he got past the defense a lot. I know I said this before, but he's got, got past the defense a lot. But, excuse me, the offense, yes, the defense a lot. But what I was more impressed with uh, was just, you know, just being reliable. You know, I didn't see him really drop any passes. Um, he was a guy that was working all parts of the field. It wasn't He wasn't just a speed guy. He was somebody that could separate in the intermediate part of the field, the short part of the field. Um, he had a couple of nice, uh, you know, fade catches and uh, red zone drills. And it was interesting to hear Tyree Kill talk about um, the the acquisition of Chosen and how, you know, he kind of presents a different element. You know, he's 6'3", he's lanky, he's tall. Um, you know, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, kind of shorter wide receivers. Um, so just having that added element um, could be something that's maybe unique for the Dolphins um, in terms of building and growing this offense from what it was last year. But he wasn't the only one that uh, that stood out to me. I thought Braxton Berrios, who they signed from the Jets, uh, and about in the first week of free agency, I thought he was really impressive as well. Um, you just see the speed on this offense, you know, not not only with Tyree Kill and Jay Lovato, but with Chosen, Braxton Berrios, just guys who are able to separate, uh, catch the ball, and then really, really turn on the extra gear once they get the ball in open space. Um, but again, not only just him, but Cedric Wilson, Erica Sukama, Braylon Sanders, who missed a couple of days, he came back on the final day, final two days of uh, mandatory minicamp, and I thought he looked really good as well. So uh, Wes Walker said after the final mandatory minicamp practice that, you know, there's going to be a lot of tough decisions to be made, um, uh, you know, when it comes to wide receiver, because similar to the cornerback position that I've talked about in, in, in the past, I think the Dolphins might have too many spots or they, they might not have enough spots uh, for all the players on this roster. Um, there's obviously still questions about Cedric Wilson um, and trade speculation surrounding him. He said that he wants to still be with the team, um, but Chris Greer acknowledged that teams have called. Um, is that something that still kind of percolates and pops up later on in training camp? Um, I don't know, but I think the Dolphins are probably best served um, to, to keep him right now and see how things goes, how things go in training camp. And maybe he does become that number three wide receiver. I don't know. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of competition. I think the Dolphins have a ton of quality veteran depth. Um, and I really like the fact that I, I think that, Tyree Kill and Jamal Waddle not participating in uh or not participating much in team drills were actually it's actually gonna be like a boon for this for this offensive tour because he was able to really focus on building his chemistry with a lot of other receivers who he might need to count on when the season comes. Um so overall I'm really really uh impressed, very, very intrigued, very optimistic about the depth that the Dolphins have at wide receiver right now. All right, takeaway number two. Um I've talked about the Dolphins defense a ton, a ton, a ton in the past couple months with them uh, hiring Big Fangio, getting Jalen Ramsey, getting David Long, um, returning a lot of the rising talent that they have right now. Um, and I'm still bullish on that defense, but I, I will caution that it, it, it might take some time to come together. Um, I, I thought that it was a very productive mini camp for the defense, but it's very interesting to hear Fangio's comments about the unit after the final practice. And I'm going to give uh, just a, uh, one of those quotes right now. Banjo said, we have some really good talent at some places. In other places, we've got to find the talent. I think it's a good mix right now. Our good players have got to play really good for us to be good. And we've got to find the other guys to fill in that play good in spite of their lack of playing time and experience. Now, that last part was something that I know a lot of fans on Twitter have been talking about, have been kind of wondering, what does he mean? Like, what spots... Do they need to find the talent, so to speak? Um, and, you know, I thought it was, again, it was a very telling comment from a, a veteran coach who has seen it all, has seen a lot of 
players and schemes. Um, and I will say, I think, I think the reason for those comments is just the fact that a lot of the major contributors or players who we expect to be major contributors uh, this season on that defense, just frankly, were not participating for various reasons. Um, you look at Jalen Ramsey, he didn't, participating team drills. He was with the team during man, minicamp, um, giving a lot of his thoughts and kind of giving some, um, excuse me, answering questions about the scheme because he's played in it. Um, but he's kind of rehabbing his shoulder injury that he was dealing with back with the launch Los Angeles Rams. So no team drills for him. David Long uh, tweaked, had a tweak um, of some muscle earlier in the uh, offseason workout program, Mike McDaniel said. And because of that, he wasn't in any team drills. And then you have, you know, some guys who are rehabbing from injuries from last season who, you know, missed the entirety of the season, um, you know, been on kind of arduous rehab processes and just aren't ready for, uh, for full team activities, um, specifically safety Brandon Jones and cornerback Nick Needham. So, you know, in some cases, and then not to mention Zach Sealer, who we didn't see at OTAs, and then he came for mini camp, but he wasn't in team drills. <laughs> Excuse me. So in a lot of, cases you don't really have a the Dolphins didn't really get a representative look at um what this defense will be because the key cogs I mean I think Jalen Ramsey is going to be a, he's definitely going to be a key cog I think David Long is going to be a key cog in this defense uh Brandon Jones could be um so in a lot of cases you know this was not a representative look at that defense so there is still a lot of time you know again with Brandon Jones and Nick Needham the expectation is that they're going to be full go at some point in training camp and then obviously once you get to training camp and uh, you know, some of the joint practices that Dolphins have, the expectations that Ramsey and Long and others are are ready to go. Um, but, you know, it, it is going to be a gradual process because, as many players have said, it's it's simple. The scheme is simple, but it's complex. I um, mean, it does ask a lot of you at times. You know, there's freedom, but it does ask a lot of you. Um, so, again, I'm still I still think that this is a defense that could be a top 10, top five unit if all things come together. Um, but it's going to take some time, especially since some of the new guys and some of the most important pieces just haven't even taken a snap yet. Uh, my last takeaway from mandatory minicamp, and I know I mentioned this after the first uh, minicamp practice last week, uh, but I want to reiterate um, the backup quarterback competition is going to be one to monitor because I think it's just getting started. Um, again, Dolphins signing uh, Mike White from the Jets, giving him a two-year deal worth $8 million, but up to $16 million. Um, McDaniel said at the, I believe it was the owner's meeting, that he will compete with second-year player Skylar Thompson for this uh, for the opportunity to back up Tua. Um, but I think that, you know, just given Mike White's, uh, you know, his experience, his, uh, you know, familiarity with the scheme back in New York, I think a lot of people just kind of assumed that he was going to be the backup. And I Again, I'm going to caution that because I think that Skyler actually looked more impressive running the offense um, through the five open practices to the to the media. Um, last practice wasn't that great for any of the quarterbacks. A lot of interceptions, um, a lot of turnovers. Um, but overall, I think that Skyler looked way more. Not, I want to say way more comfortable, but he looked more comfortable running the offense than Mike White did. Um, and again, I just want to say it was it was a tough spot for Skyler being a third round or third string seventh round rookie QB. Um, nobody really expecting him to be in a starting lineup, and all of a sudden he's starting. You know, some of the biggest games of the years for the Dolphins and as a rookie, as a first year player. That, that's a tough spot to be in. Um, and as much as we talk about Tua, um, you know, being more comfortable in the scheme in year two, um, the same can be said for Skyler as well. And you see a lot of growth from year one and year two with rookies. Um, so again, there's still a lot of time left. I would expect them to take a lot of reps. Um, during joint practices, 
obviously preseason, you know, I, I really don't want to see too much of Tua in the preseason because I, I kind of know what to expect from him. Get him out there for maybe the second preseason game. Get, you know, a little get a couple reps in just to kind of get, um, you know, his, his his feet wet after being uh, away from the game for so long with the concussion protocol. Outside of that, I want to see Skyler and Mike White, um, because, again, this backup QB spot is vital for the Dolphins. It's like it's vital that they get it right, just given the injury questions around Tua. Um, if, God forbid, he's sidelined again, um, you know, you need somebody that's going to be able to carry not carry, um, but, you know, continue to keep uh, the ship rolling, um, especially with what many view as championship level roster. Um, but right now, if I had to give the edge to one quarterback over the other, pull the back of a spot, uh, I'd say Skylar Thompson is in the lead, but uh, there's still a lot of time left. All right, well, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back on the other side of things, Dalvin Cook is a free agent. He's free to sign anywhere. Uh, should the Dolphins be in on the Miami native? Um, he actually spoke uh, on a gave a national uh, interview, you know, just earlier today. Um, I'm going to break down what he said and what that means for the Dolphins. So stay locked with us, and we'll be back soon. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins Net Podcast, talking all things Dolphins. And as we kind of transition to kind of the dead period, kind of the off time for the team, uh, they're still in the news uh, because the, recently the Minnesota Vikings released Dalvin Cook, the four-time Pro Bowl running back. Uh, in Miami native is on the market, free to sign anywhere. Um, and if you've been locked in, tuned in to the Herald's reporting, you know that the Dolphins have done their due diligence when it comes uh, to acquiring um, the 27-year-old back. Um, earlier in the offseason, uh, the Herald reported that uh, the Dolphins, as well as the Vikings, had you know significant discussions on a trade for Dalvin Cook, um, but it never materialized, partly in due um, partly due um, to both sides not being able to agree on the um, adequate draft compensation. Um, there's been a lot of spe speculation for several months about Dalvin Cook's status, his future in my uh, excuse me in Minnesota, um, with only two million dollars of a ten point four million dollar salary being guaranteed. Um, that speculation came to an end last Friday with him being officially released. Um, he will be paid that two million dollars by Minnesota, but now he's free to sign elsewhere. Um, upon his release, again. Reporting from the Herald, there is mutual interest in Cook coming home. However, um, he is not believed to be um, to, to want to give the Dolphins a substantial hope time discount or anyone a significant discount um, for his services. Again, he was set to make about $10 million, um, and it's believed that he wants to get that. Um, he actually spoke to um, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero on the Rich Eisen Show earlier today where he spoke about what he's seeking. Um, he said he's going to take his time. He's not in a rush to sign anywhere. Um, and among his many, uh, many quotes, sound bites, he said, quote, I want the value. I want somebody who wants Dalvin Cook. And he said he prefers to go to a team that will give him the rock and give him the ball. Um, Mike McDaniel was asked about on third, uh, the, the day before he was officially released, he was asked about the possibility of signing Dalvin Cook, and he stepped around it, not trying to get more tampering issues in Miami. He stepped around the question, um, but he did praise uh, his current running back room, which is led by Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, who were resigned, as well as Savon Ahmed and Moss Gaskin. Um, but it was interesting to to hear Mike McDaniel talk about later talk about um, the overall team building philosophy, team building approach for Miami. 
because in recent years and in Mike McDaniel's first year, the Dolphins have not been a team known to spend a lot of money on uh, the running back position. Last year, they did give Chase Edmonds a six-year, a two-year, $12 million deal, $6 million average. Um, we know he was sub uh, subsequently traded to Denver um, a couple months later in the deal that brought Bradley Chubb. Um, but again, it was interesting to hear Mike McDaniel talk about that philosophy and how they weigh um, what how, what positions and who to invest significant resources. And I'll give you part of his lengthy quote about that. He said, for me to say, okay, philosophy is this, is this, you trade away assets or you devote assets, which is what a contract is because we're in a salary cap. Those things are dependent on, all right, well, how much of a risk is this investment? And oh, is this worth it? Then we'll build around that. Having an open-mindedness, I think that's one of the things that have allowed us to get some really good players through transactions of trade in the past two years. Though that was not necessarily a philosophy as searching, but when the opportunity presented itself, it made a lot of sense considering it's all about the collective of the team and what you can offset. I see it as an ever-changing equation. And that last sentence is the one that sticks out to me out of the entire quote. I see it as an ever-changing equation. Um, again, Chris Greer in his time as GM has not shown a desire to invest significant resources in the position. However, he has showed a willingness, especially the past year plus, the past 13, 14 months, to invest significant resources and premier talent. He did it with Tyree Kill, trading several, pretty much the entire Dolphins' entire 2020 draft class or draft picks for Tyree Kill, and then making giving him a deal that made him the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. He did it with Teron Armstead uh, the day after that and giving him a significant deal. And he did it for Bradley Chubb and for Jalen Ramsey in not only uh, not only trading for them, but then giving them deals. So obviously Jalen Ramsey was just a third round pick on how long, but again, restructuring his deal to give him a lot more money up front and give him more guaranteed money than he had left on his contract. Um, that, you know, he, he showed a willingness to do that. I find it very interesting that because I, I believe that in addition to trading for Dalvin Cook before the release, part of that, and again, he had three years left, I believe, on a five-year extension he signed in 2020. So I think part of signed, uh, trading for Dalvin Cook was understanding that he was seeking a little more financial security. And it's clear um, through his comments and what's been reported that he's not seeking um, to slash a lot of the money that he was due to make Um in Minnesota this coming season, that $10 million salary that he had. Now, whether the market allows him to receive that, that remains to be seen. There are a lot of really good and accomplished running backs that are still available. Kareem Hunt, um, Ezekiel Elliott, among them. Leonard Fournette, I believe, is still a free agent. There's a lot of really good free agents, but it's clear and it's very evident that Dalvin Cook is definitely um, the most accomplished and the best running back available right now. Just 27 years old. Um, coming off his fourth consecutive 1,000-yard season, although he did uh, register um, a career low 4.4 yards per carry, played all 17 games, which he has never done in his career. Um, so, again, you're looking at a top 10 running back, potentially in a scheme that is what I think is a perfect fit for him, outside zone, zone scheme. Um, we know the way that Dalvin Cook can, you know, one cut, and accelerate into the hole and separate. I mean, he showed that against the Dolphins with this 53-yard run at Hard Rock Stadium. He posted about that uh, a couple hours before the reports came out that he was uh, getting released. Um, I've been on, I've been kind of juggling. I've kind of been wrestling with like, should the Dolphins 
Sue, should they sign Dalvin Cook? Because I honestly view this roster current as currently constructed as a championship roster. Um, it's not a perfect roster. It is not a roster without weaknesses, but I think that it is a roster that is ready to contend um, for a Super Bowl barring health. Um, would Dalvin Cook make this roster better? Would he make this team better? There's no doubt about that. But if we're going by that logic, the Dolphins should be signing every single player um, available that they think, you know, could improve the roster. There's a lot of players that could improve the roster. Um, but for me, and kind of echoing Mike McDaniel's comments, it's about the investment and what it costs to bring him and what how he fits within the construct of the team, you know, both on and outfit. Obviously, you look at the locker room, but I think really for this, it's about how he fits on the field. Again, he's due $2 million from the Vikings. He's set to make about $10.4 million in base salary. Um, I have said multiple times on this podcast elsewhere, I think the Dolphins' current set of running backs are more than capable of producing an efficient and reliable running game. I know it didn't look that way this past season, um, but Mike McDaniel himself said that the reason why the Dolphins weren't as successful running the ball as the Ross that show is not because of the talent of the running backs. It's because they didn't run the ball enough and they didn't run the ball well enough in certain spots. Would Dalvin Cook improve, the, improve that? There's no doubt about that. He's the most talented running back if you bring him on this team. However, I think that there is there is a higher level and a next level they can reach with the current guys that they have. Specifically, I'm speaking about uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Um, you know, if you look at the raw stats and the advanced stats, um, they will tell you that, and I know a lot of people don't agree with this, but they will tell you that Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson were just as capable as Dalvin Cook last year. Um, they averaged more yards per carry than him, I believe, uh, I believe Wilson was at around 4.9 and most of was at 4.7 or so the way around. Um, Cook averaged 4.4. Um, you know, if you're into the advanced analytics, rush yards over expectation, which kind of um, essentially breaks down how many yards you got compared to how many yards you were expected to get on a particular play or a series of plays. Um, Cook was at the bottom of qualified runners. If you're into that, those deep stats. Um, most dirt was about, you know, was about the middle of the pack. Wilson was about top half. Um, so if you look at those, all those stats, the raw stats, Wilson and Mostert were more than capable. Um, in my opinion, it was more of an offensive line issue than a running back issue. But, you know, devil's advocate, you could say, uh, and, and I will acknowledge that I don't think that there are any major upgrades that the Dolphins are going to find on the offensive line. So if they can upgrade the offensive line, why not upgrade the running back? Fair point. Very fair point. Again, it comes down to what it costs and are you getting uh, the adequate value? Um, I will say, again, and kind of hammering the point about the in-house options, McDaniel is very, very high on Mostert and Wilson. Um, higher than a lot of fans are. A lot of people are. I mean, they, they've been together since the San Francisco days. He knows what they can do, so he knows best. Um, but again, no doubt Dalvin Cook is the most talented running back on this roster, um, but how much would you have to not only pay him, like if you if you pay him like when he wants to be paid and you know, this, again, it's, it's a weird time for running backs because teams are not trying to pay them. You look at uh, Saquon Barkley, 
Josh Jacobs, some others, um, they're looking for new deals. They're on the franchise tag and they can't get the deals that they want. Um, if you give Dalvin Cook a deal that would bring essentially be close to what he was set to make, let's say $8 million, $7 million, whatever it may be, how many carries would you and how much would you have to incorporate him and make him a priority in this offense to justify the uh, the investment, the the financial investment that you made. At the end of the day, this is an offense that is predicated and based on the speed of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Tua getting them the ball. No matter what you want to say about Tua, about the way the offense is run, um, the best play the Dolphins have right now is Tua throwing the ball and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um, how much do you compromise the efficiency of the offense um, by making Dalvin Cook maybe a bell cow or more of a centerpiece of the offense? I'm not saying that it's not it's not warranted because he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's one of the better running backs in the NFL. Um, but again, at that price tag, price tag that he's seeking, how much would you have to uh, to make him a focal point of the offense to justify it? And how much would that maybe take away from what makes this offense special? Now, the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel, they said they want to run the ball more, but I don't think that they're going to be top 10 in rushing, and I don't know if they're going to be top half in the NFL in rushing. I mean, at the end of the day, offensive coordinator Frank Smith spoke to that. There's some things that they do really, really well, really, really well, and we know what they do really, really well. They get the ball in the hands of Terry Kill and Jay Wallo and let them work. Um, you know, the Dolphins are going to seek improvement. I think they're going to definitely going to run the ball more because they were 31st last year, so it's only, only you can only go up unless you're going to dropped to 30 seconds so they're going to run the ball more um i still do expect this to be a prolific pass heavy offense um with Tua dropping back more often than not and majority of the time um so again the dolphins right now they're at 15 million dollars in cap space um Dalvin cook has said he's not in a rush to make a decision i think that this could kind of draw out a little bit maybe into training camp as you see how teams are are looking um, as they all come together and start their summer practices, maybe some injuries. Um, this could take some time, but the Dolphins aren't in a position to rush because I think that they are very content and they do feel good about where they are with the running back room. I didn't even mention the rookie running back, Devon A. Chain, who Matthew McDaniel was pounding the table for, Nick, for uh, Chris Greer to, to trade up and, and, and draft. Um, he looked really good in minicamp and OTAs. I think that they're going to find ways to get him the ball um, it's a crowded running running back room. And I'm not saying that you're going to put signing Dalvin Cook on hold because of the current running back room. But again, my question is how much better does it make you adding Dalvin Cook? It seems like it's more of a luxury piece right now than, you know, uh, integral, crucial, must-have piece to kind of kind of cement the roster. It feels more luxury than not, especially at the price that it may come, that it may, that it may require to sign him. But again, the Dolphins are $15 million in cap space, according to NFOPA salary cap report. Um, they do have other kind of financial and contract issues that they got to take care of. Christian Wilkins, they've been in negotiations with his representation. Connor Williams wasn't at mandatory minicamp because we believe, uh, and the belief is that he's seeking a new contract. He's on the final year of a two-year deal he signed last year. Zach Sealer, it appears that his agent said early in the offseason that he's seeking a new contract for him. There are other financial obligations that the Dolphins do need to take care of. Um, I don't necessarily think that Dalvin Cook, signing Dalvin Cook, and especially even at the number that he's maybe seeking, I don't think that that would prohibit the Dolphins from reaching extensions with a lot of those guys. 
but I am very wary of, especially if Dalvin Cook is seeking a multi-year deal. I'm very wary if I'm the Dolphins of pushing more money into 2024. Um, if you don't think that somebody's going to be able to contribute for multiple seasons, um, it's 2024 is already a kind of a precarious situation for them in terms of cap room, cap space. They're 30 million dollars over. They're going to have to make some. Uh, they're going to have to do some finagling. They're going to have to move some stuff around and make something shake in order to get under the cap and get cap compliant ahead of the 2024 offseason. Um, they do have some key guys coming up who are on expiring contracts. Um, the Dolphins could take the overwhelming majority of that cap space into the season and have it carry over and kind of assist them as they try to manage that cap situation. Again, um, they have the means to do it, but is it the right fit? And is the value there? I think that that's really key for the Dolphins right now. Um, I think the Dolphins are best stand pat, seeing how the market develops. If the number can drop down a little bit, it comes to a reasonable price for them. You jump on it. But to me, Dalvin Cook is more luxury than a crucial piece for this current Dolphins team. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Dolphins and Net Podcast. I want to thank you guys as always for tuning in. Once again. Like, share, comment, subscribe to the Miami Herald uh, uh, YouTube page. Let me know what you think. Should the Dolphins sign uh, Dalvin Cook? What price? Uh, what do you think about them bringing in uh, the Miami native? Definitely let me know. As well, subscribe to the Miami Herald. Um, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to be off for a couple of days. I'm going to be off the grid. Um, but I'll be back next week. We'll keep on talking Dolphins. We'll have the latest developments with Dalvin Cook, as well as anything else going on with the team. And we'll keep talking about uh, your Miami Dolphins as we get closer to the start of training camp and the 2023 NFL season. I'll see you all next week. But until then, you take care. See you.